0: Caps fans, welcome to the latest edition of the Nova Caps podcast for Wednesday, May 18th, 2016. This podcast is brought to you by the fine people at Washington Capitals Fans of Northern Virginia. Nova Caps. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our website at novacapsfans.com. I'm Craig Lukey, filling in for Gabe Mead, who's on a well-deserved vacation. I'm joined by the amazing trio of Scott Zweigel, George Fasikas, and up in Hershey, Julie Beidler is joining us as well. On today's podcast, we'll look at the very abrupt ending to the cap season. Scott posted a letter to Holtby, and we'll find out if Brayton actually read it. We'll discuss what was said at the McClellan News Conference and will lock in everyone's predictions for the Stanley Cup Finals. You wanna stick around for that. I think you'll be surprised at what the round table has come up with. But first, let's start off on a positive note with Julie up in Hershey. Yo, Julie, what's going on with the Bears?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, Some definitely good news going on up here in Hershey. We did dispatch of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Baby Penguins. Um, took us seven games and it actually took us into overtime on Sunday, but uh, rookie Travis Boyd scored the game winner for us and uh, made everybody up here pretty happy. Um, with regard to the team and how they're doing, we do have every skater with the exception of our goalies who has at least two points so far in the postseason. Uh, Some other good news for you, that Carter Camper and Jacob Vrana are actually leading the team with nine points each, so we are spreading it around a little bit. Um, All four of Camper's goals actually came against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Baby Penguins, so he seems to like them a lot. And uh, we obviously had the reemergence of Justin Peters. That's not a strange name to Washington fans in the least, Um, and he's actually doing rather well. He returned to net in game two after Ellis had a bad go up in Portland, and he hasn't really left the net since. So, I mean, he's he's doing great. He had two shutouts, one of Portland and one of Wilkes-Barre, and he's leading the league, leading the AHL in the postseason in shutouts. So, some good things going on here. Also, some good things to report down in South Carolina. They are also hosting... um, Well, they're actually in the Eastern Conference Finals themselves. Their series is tied one-all with the Wheeling Nailers, which is also a farm club of Pittsburgh. And Vitek Vanacek, remember that name coming up in the future, he was named the Warrior ECHL Goalie of the Month for South Carolina. So some good things going on down in the farm clubs, and hopefully that um, turns some things around in the future down in Washington.
0: What do you think, George and Scott? You've been following what's going on up there in Hershey?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I, uh, I'll i take over the goalie equation uh, before flipping over to George for a second. It's good to see Petey uh, stopping some pucks because, you know, he was kind of a train wreck for us last year up in the big club. So, you know, uh, it's good to see him get his form back, uh, hopefully to uh, show off for his contract situation coming up in the offseason, I'm sure. And it's great to hear the update on Vanacek. I mean, he's a highly touted prospect. Um, with Gruby and Holpe in the big club I don't see him making an impact at the Washington level for quite a while but it's great to know we've got some deep prospects in the pool George what's on your mind
3: Um, I believe that uh, Jakob Rana is definitely a guy to keep an eye on if you're a Washington fan he was taken in the first round by the Capitals back in 2014 Uh, I know that he did miss part of the this AHL season with the Bears due to injury but he's just a guy that the organization seems very excited about and maybe he could possibly fill a roster spot next season in Washington so the Bears have something good going on right now definitely and Verona is a guy to definitely keep an eye out if you're a Caps fan.
1: Yeah he Julie, would have most definitely question. been a 50-point uh, scorer for us along with uh, Chris Board, Travis Boyd and Riley Barber and the last two there are also rookies who scored 50 points for us in a regular season, Um, and unfortunately that that wrist injury kind of uh, hindered him, but he is really coming on here late in the season and uh, definitely in a postseason for us.
2: Julie, I've got a question for you now that you've mentioned Riley Barber and Jacob Verana. Do you see them making the leap next season, given the fact that there's a couple veterans uh, in Capitals uniforms that we may not see back?
1: Uh, well, we definitely like to still keep them in Hershey for another year or two um but uh, that that is the nature of the beast when there is a whole and, and you have talented guys like that um who can maybe try to fill a, a fourth-line spot um you know it's always bittersweet in Hershey to see them go but we do still follow them along and and watch what they're doing up in Washington and um you know like guys like Wilson and Lotta and all that who have come up through um, you know everybody still cheers for him so it, it would be great to see him back in Hershey but we do understand in Hershey that it's the nature of the beast and we do want to see him do well and um, be successful up with Washington.
2: One more one more hey, hey, p- j- pick your brain no. sorry Craig um, Jonas Siegenthaler uh, you guys saw him for a little bit before he headed back overseas uh, what's your scouting report on him?
1: Uh, we didn't get to see a whole lot of him, but uh, we were dealing with um, four rookie defensemen whenever uh, Siegenthaler was there. So Troy Mann was huge in telling the the press all the time that you know nobody last year made the playoffs at all with three rookie defensemen, and here he was doing it with four. Um, so you know definitely we would have liked to have seen him hang around a little bit and get a little more comfortable. Um, Rana, interestingly enough, was his translator for us anytime we wanted to interview him. Um, so you could definitely see that he wasn't hundred percent comfortable um, communicating. And, and Vanitech is the same way. That, you know, you could just see the the English gap there. wasn't necessarily a comfort zone for him. Um, but I think with a little bit of time over here, you know, they'll definitely pick that up and hopefully, again, be back here next year and do well for us.
0: Hey, hey, Julie, uh, just for the fans, that have never taken the drive up to Hershey, can you give everyone an idea briefly? What's the atmosphere like? What is it like up there compared to the Verizon Center?
1: Oh my goodness, it is a great AHL playoff atmosphere every game um, of the regular season. We usually do sell out. We have a little over 10,000 seats. Um, so we are looking at a lot of sellouts. Um, obviously, in a postseason, we haven't had the groups coming in. Um, but it, it's, it's loud, and everybody is behind the Bears. And the guys are really appreciative of it. Every, every game they win, um, they do the stick salute at Center Ice, which is really cool for the fans. And they do a lot with the community to get involved as well. Um, just little things. Like we had a run for Rachel um, where they were raising money, and the guys all went to Arugas and, and did some signings and things like that. So they're, they're very active in the community, and the community loves them back for it.
0: Yeah, fans, you really need to take drive up 15, I guess two and and uh, check out the Bears up there. But thanks very much, Julie, for that. Uh, but I have this elephant sitting in the room. I guess we need to uh, talk about something else right now. Hey, George, can you give me your feelings about how this series went and the very abrupt ending with Pittsburgh?
3: Well, it certainly did not go the way the Caps fans had hoped. The Capitals just, at the end, unfortunately, it seemed like that they kind of ran out of gas. And unfortunately, in Game 6, the worst thing happened where they lost Carl Alsner early in the game. About He only played maybe about five minutes or so. So they were rolling with five defensemen in that game most of the way. And, it, and honestly, it was miraculous that they even came back in the game in that situation. But... It's very unfortunate that they It was a big loss for them, and it's just something. Injuries, you have to stay healthy in the playoffs, and that's just the nature of the beast. Sometimes the Penguins seem like that they were a little bit healthier than the Capitals were, and that's the major difference in this series. I, that, from what I see.
0: Hey, hey Scott. Um... Yeah, you know, I was watching the Pittsburgh game last night, and you know, every time they're promoting the, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs now on NBC, I keep seeing the image of Holtby sprawled across the ice. You come from that position. Um, I'm seeing it all over social media. I, I can't imagine what's going through in his head right now. Can you enlighten us what it's like to be a goalie? Have you ever been in that situation before?
2: Yeah, I have, Craig. Uh, I've played a... Uh... A lot of hockey games over my life in my 41 years on this earth and a lot of playoff games and you know most of them rec league and and college club teams and you know every game matters to, to everybody I mean you play the sport you love it no matter what level you play NHL down to your mites and squirts you you want to win you want to stop that puck as a goalie and I can tell you what was going through Holpe's head was I couldn't stop that one you know he he had that puck in his pad uh, and Benino was on him and, you know, he feels that feeling of despair. The puck's behind me. This series is over. I gave it my all and, you know, I'm sure in that moment he was running through the, the gamut of emotions. What could I have done better to prepare my team and give my team a better opportunity to win that game or games before, not getting down three games to one to Pittsburgh? I mean. You know, Holtby gave us his all. Um, the whole season, I- I'm I'm not going to point at him and say, hey, Kessel's goal early on was a weak goal or it was a cheapie for the Penguins. I- I'm not going to put Holtby down at all for any of his work in the playoffs or the regular season for that matter. I think the team at times let him down. I think we as... A core of the Washington Capitals let down our amazing, obviously season MVP, Netminder. He should have had more than 48 wins. He should own that record from Martin Brodor outright. The Caps went on cruise control in March. They let him down. We got up big against Philly. They went on cruise control again, thought they were entitled to the series, thought they were entitled to wins without working hard. Let Holt be down and let Philly back in that series. We escaped with a victory in game one against Pittsburgh. Holpe played his ass off in that game. In fact, he played his ass off in the series. You know, there were not outside, low quality shots from Pittsburgh. Every chance they got was high scoring opportunity, low slot, secondary pass, third or fourth guy in the zone creeping on our defense. You know, We were the ones that threw way outside, long range, bad opportunity shots at Matt Murray, which is why we made the kid look fantastic. Holpe was facing higher quality shots the whole series, and him there sprawled on his belly at the end with his face in the ice. It's going to be an image that's going to be burned into all of our minds for a long time. He's the last line. The puck got past him. He was at the point of tears in his presser last week, and I don't blame him at all. We let him down, Craig.
0: Now, Scott, I understand you wrote a letter to Holtby, and Holtby had a chance to read it, and I believe everyone can read it at NovaCapsFans.com. Can you tell me more about that?
2: Um, Being the blogger that I am and the lifelong goalie and the lifelong Caps fan and feeling what I felt for Holtby at the end of that series, I felt it was... My job to write him a letter thanking him for his hard work and apologizing for the team and the fans and the entire organization for failing him this season because this was the first year of our amazing window to win this cup and we didn't do it. And I felt I needed to apologize to the man. I just felt from one goalie to the next and someone who loves the Caps to someone who works his butt off for the Caps that it was something I needed to say. And thankfully, uh, a friend of mine in the organization was nice enough to pull it up and show it to him. And I, I heard he read it and he appreciated it. And he likes what we all do and how passionate we all are towards the Capitals and the NHL. And, you know, it's all we can ask for support our guts out for our team and, and hope they appreciate it. And they want to come through for us. And, you know, I, I just I just feel for the guy, Craig. I, I really do. I mean, every time I step out on the ice, I know I've got five guys in front of me, sometimes four, sometimes three, depending on the situation. Uh, and yeah. that no matter what, if the putt gets past me, it's my job to stop it. I mean, you, you just, you know you're the last line of defense, whether you've got an amazing team of Ovechkin and Oshie and Kuznetsov and Backstrom in front of you, or you play for the Maple Leafs and they stink, you know. You're the worst team in the league. It's your job to stop the puck. And yeah. you didn't. You couldn't.
0: Well, as a fan, I do appreciate you doing that. That was, uh, I don't know. I read it. it was unbelievable. Hey, hey, George, um, also at NovaCapsFans.com, uh, we have an article up there at the uh, news conference with McClellan. And he stated that we missed Joel Ward, among other things. Uh, can you give us a recap of all that of what he was talking about?
3: Yeah, uh, Brian McClellan just simply, he basically said in a nutshell that, you know, he, he didn't think the Capitals got outplayed in the series necessarily. Um, he basically said that Joel Ward was missed because he was that net front presence in the previous you know, playoff years for the Caps. So that's one area where I do agree with him. Joel Ward was definitely missed. Joel Ward, obviously not the fastest guy, not the most skilled guy, but he's a good boards player. He can retrieve loose pucks. He can get in front of the net, screen the goalie or get a cheap goal in front of the net. So Joel Ward was definitely missed for the Capitals here, but unfortunately it's a salary cap world. And sometimes Organizations have to make decisions that they don't want to make. But the uh, Brian McClellan was also talking about the Capitals. Maybe they looked a little slow at times. He mentioned games against Dallas and Pittsburgh to where the Capitals kind of sat back a little bit and didn't look as fast and they didn't attack. So I believe this is one area where he's going to address over the summer, whether he makes a trade, either at the at the draft or uh, so at some point during free agency, or if he signs somebody, I believe he's going to sign somebody that's quick and that has some speed, and S- Scott, I'm sure you you probably agree with me on this one. I do agree with you, and George, I think McClellan has to make a move
2: to do something about Marcus Johansson I think you know we paid 3.75 million dollars in an arbitration award for Mojo this year and he put up 20 goals and 20 assists he had a decent year for a second line guy he could have probably scored a little more he could have had a little more impact on the power play but he doesn't win board battles and he's upper body weak when it comes to keeping possession of the puck. You know, San Jose got Joel Ward for three years at $3.3 million. If you look at the weight of the argument there, you got a front net presence, board battling, possession winning guy in Joel Ward who went for cheaper than we got arbitrated for Mojo. And now we're looking at him in RFA status again. I think McClellan's gotta go to the draft and trade his rights for a fast, young, still entry-level, contract-style guy, do you go get a Jonathan Druin? Do you give up your first-round pick and a Marcus Johansson for a scoring-capable young guy? Do you go get a, somebody from Edmonton that's been a cast-off first-round pick, a, a Neil Yakupov, a, a Jordan Eberle? I mean, George, what do you
3: think they do to, to get that speed and that secondary scoring? Well, it's it's obviously as you know, it, it's tough to make a trade in in today's NHL and that's probably the best option at this point because the free agency market is a little weak and I don't necessarily think they can fill the the need that they have in the lineup. I think the Capitals need to get a speedy winger that has some skill, that has some offensive scoring touch and it would be an added bonus if they could get a guy in that mold that is a is a guy that can create havoc in front of the net. And that was one thing that they were shooting all these shots from the outside, but yet nobody was, it seemed like in the Penguin series, nobody was getting towards the net. Nobody got in front of the net. Nobody gave Matt Murray hell in front of the net and blocked his vision or screened him or took a whack at his pads. Nobody was there in this series that's a great point george and leaning
2: off of that you mentioned mcclellan saying i want to turn tom wilson into the next joel ward i heard that and i shrugged my shoulders and i said uh wilson likes hitting on the boards wilson likes playing the edge game wilson likes scrapping when he has to we haven't seen Willie's hands come out yet. We haven't seen his willingness to screen a goalie. He He's not playing a between-the-hash-marks game right now. And unless Trotz has a formula to put Tom Wilson in, in a bag and drop some of Joel Ward's hair and an old T-shirt in there and shake it up and t- Joel Ward pops out, ooh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to... Does that work? I don't know, but you know what, I, I, I have an old... <laughs> it sounds like... I have an old game-worn Joel it. Ward jersey, and I think I'm going to put it on and run around the streets and see if something happens. But, you know, unless there's a formula to turn a, an edge-playing, large man-child of Tom Wilson into a smart, responsible, possession, battling forward like Joel Ward, I think we've got to address that through other personnel. And you're probably losing Jason Chimera. You know, we're probably seeing the tears coming out, end of an era, take your cheetah out into the desert and shoot it coming this summer. You know, what happened to those hardworking blue collar guys we used to have back when Fair and, and Cheetah and Joel Ward were aligned? That was one of the best lines the Caps ever put out there from a working perspective.
0: You know, speaking of Joel Ward, I was watching the game the other day when he scored. He was right in front of the net. He he popped that thing in. He just put his arms up there like he just won a, a boxing match. I smiled. I admit it. I said, "Good for you, Joel. I like the guy. I thought it was awesome." Hey guys, we're we're starting to run out of time, but I do want to squeeze in some predictions. We still got hockey going on. I want to get these recorded. Because our podcasts are not over. We have more coming up. So let's, let's do a roundtable. Uh, Stanley Cup, tell me what you think East-West and who's going to win in the end. Uh, George, uh, what do you think?
3: Well, I said in the last round that I thought the winner of the Washington-Pittsburgh series was going to the finals, and I'm sticking to that. The, unfortunately, it, it's going to be painful for me to say this, but I do believe Pittsburgh will pull it out against Tampa Bay in six games. And over on the West, this one is going to be a battle. I believe it's going to go pretty far, but I'm going to go with San Jose in seven games. Wow.
0: And Scott's going berserk over there in my other video window here with thumbs down. Go ahead, Scott.
3: All right. I
2: don't care. I don't care who beats Pittsburgh. I just want Tampa to beat Pittsburgh because I hate Pittsburgh. And I don't want to say the word Pittsburgh anymore. And if I hear that word, I might puke. So uh, I'm going to have to go with the lightning uh, over the other team. And because Troy Brower already won a cup with Chicago and he's now on St. Louis, I'm not rooting so much for St. Louis. I'm pulling for San Jose and Mr. Joel Ward. I would like to see San Jose over the Tampa Lightning in a Game 7 overtime with the clinching goal scored by Mr. Joel Ward because that would be the biggest cheese moment of his life and the cheese celebration would be amazing and I will eat cheese for a week. That's all i got to say.
0: I, I have nothing to say after that. Good job. All right. Hey, just a reminder, we have a lot more podcasts coming down the pike. Uh, Season might be over, but we're not done. There's a lot of things coming up. We even have some interviews with some Capitals that we are working on getting done. So uh, stay tuned. We got a lot more going on. Plus, Hershey's doing well. This wraps up for this edition of the Nova Caps podcast brought to you by the fine people at Washington Capitals Fans of Northern Virginia, also known as Nova Caps. Don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our website at NovaCaps.com. For myself, Gabe, Scott, George, and Julie, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time, everybody.